Hello everybody, it's me, producer Ross, and welcome to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where fans have their say on their club. It's going to be the third time you're going to be listening to me on the Kings of Anglia podcast because I was on the main pod twice this week. Of course, I'm back for Game Day Extra Time and I'm joined by my good friends, the Game Day regulars, Liam, David, Thomas Seconds, Mr. Game Day himself, good old Braddy's back. And also Matt, a.k.a. Vu from U2, is joining us. And he's going to be the first man I want to go over to to uh, get his thoughts on the Plymouth game. Um, it's a win, a 2-1 win. We came from behind, you know, against the 10-man side. Um, but yeah, further than the league, my friend. That will be the last time I say my friend to you, but I will be saying my friend to everyone else later on. But yes, anyway, I digress. Your thoughts on the Plymouth 2-1 win. Well, Ross, my friend, that was um, that was three points in the bag, which was much needed, darling. Ten from Len here. Um, but yes, um, we are not playing very well at the moment. There is um, not a lot of cohesion. There is not a lot of fluidity. Um, there were there were I think somebody mentioned green shoots green shoots of revival i think it might have been um david um he's he's totally right there were flashes of brilliance but they were all all too um all too brief um and yeah i i i had a little wager at half time mr moneybags here put on i think eight pounds on us coming back from a one nil deficit to win and we did so um cheers poker stars for that um yeah, I was rather, the thing that surprised me the most was a rather slinky looking Frank Nuble, as I've now learned his, his his name, as I swear he didn't look like that when he played for us. And I think he didn't even play like that when he played for us. But we went down there. It's a terribly long way to go. Um, and yeah, um, we're in League Three. It's that time of year where it's going to be very, very hard to pass the ball around and, and play sexy football. Um, but we, we we did a job and for once we had some luck, which hasn't really happened so far. And a win is a win is a win and we move on to the next game. So happy days. Definitely. And uh, a man making his return this week. Good old Brad. I also I also say good old for some reason. I don't yeah. know why. You're not old. I, I have my stupid phrases, my stupid, I always say all that jazz as well. But Brad, thank you for joining us once again. Your thoughts on the 2-1 win against Plymouth? Yes, um, I didn't watch it live, so I was wise after the event. Um, I went on the Sunday morning, um, and I, I follow at whilst my wife was asleep, and I thought I'd watch the whole 90 minutes. Um, and yeah, I, I actually thought we were we were better. Um, I thought that the midfield was better balanced. You had yeah Holder and there and McGavin, Nolan doing the running. You had Dobra able to break the lines. Um, I felt like Nolan and McGavin worked as a pair as well, so there wasn't so much space in midfield, which we've seen at times where teams can just play for us and cut for us. I felt they they were closer together and better organised. Um, so I thought they were, yeah, even though the first half we didn't create an awful lot, I, I felt our shape was better, and I think Plymouth scored a really good goal. Um, I liked that Jeff cop for them. He uh, reminded me of Norwood, um, very much like him. And then uh, Connor Grant as well, I thought, played well for them. Um, I, I liked him when he was at town, neat and tidy. But yeah, but, um, Plymouth were quite incisive, something which we haven't been and continue not to be. But I still thought the first half showing was better than recently. And then uh, thankfully in the second half, we um, were able to get the win. Um, 
like like Matt said, three points we've got to be happy with. And I think the performance was a little bit better, so hopefully we take that into Saturday because not forget any against Portsmouth, we did um, draw to them in normal time with our weakened team, which you could say that is what it is now with all the injuries we have. So, yeah, I think there's something to take into Saturday because we're now on the back of a clean sheet and then a, and then a win a couple of days after. So, yeah, I'm quite happy. As, as for now, I am. Yes. Now I want to go over to, to David, who, um, when I spoke to him after the Plymouth game, he was cooking his dinner and I felt, oh, I was interrupting there. But uh, he was still able to chat to me and uh, he praised Judge. Yes, I've, I'll repeat that, he praised Judge. Um, but David, how you been doing and your, your thoughts on the Plymouth win? Uh, generally, this is the highlight of my week so far. Um, it's been cold, it's been wet. And I've been serially ranting right, left and centre about with um, the whole people about, you know, not taking the knee or taking the knee and the knuckle draggers on that one. And then Rainbow Laces, um, which is a fantastic thing, which everybody ought to be supporting. I'm disappointed the club hasn't said anything this year. I know they did a couple of years ago, but they didn't do anything with Rainbow Laces this year. So um, they may, they may yeah. do something this Saturday. They may do Well, I, I, I have messaged them to say they, they, I hope they are, but um, it would be good to hear something on the day as well. Um, from it, and I, I know there's other things, but I'm sure somebody at the club could have done something. Rainbow Laces on the day, just just a social media message would have been good, um, you know, because whether it's on the terraces or on the pitch, then people who are LGBT don't tend to feel that welcome in professional sport, and I think that's something that needs challenging. You know, it's documented that t- supporters don't feel comfortable on the terraces, and also because of um, chants and stuff, but also, I mean, it's. There's not a single professional player, is there, who's out um, in the male game in this country. There's a couple in America, but I'm sure there are some in. You know, there's rugby players out, there's cricket players out, there's athletes, there's... Tom? The highest uh, the highest player like, in league, uh, yeah. I believe, is Matt Morton, who play, who manages um, Fetford and plays for him as well. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that kind of shows, isn't it? There's yeah. one in America, though. There's one guy who's there's, in America. There's three in America. There's um, yeah. Robbie, uh, There's the one who used to play for um, Leeds, who left Leeds, went back to America, came out, retired. Rogers. Yeah, and then he came out of retirement, and he, he plays in America. And um, Earlier on this season, then one of the American um, teams walked off the pitch, and they, they, they lost the opportunity to um, win their playoff because, because of... Um, some homophobia from an, from another manager. So it, it, it's a profile thing in America, but I think we need to raise it here and especially in the professional game. So, yeah, I've been doing, doing quite a bit of that. So that, that's been a good thing. The cold hasn't. <laughs> yeah, it's been bloody freezing. <laughs> bloody freezing. And I've been outside and, and on a t- Tuesday, then as it melted, then all the ice fell on my head. So it was raining ice, which just just really took the biscuit. Um, Plymouth. Um, I digress. Plymouth. Yeah. And like I've been said, the green shoots things, and all the way through, there have been little pockets in each game which you've thought you, you can see that there is a potentially good side in there. Plymouth, they scored the goal off the bar. I think that if Noble was a better player, they would have been more dangerous. He worked really hard, he held the ball up good, but his final ball into the box was appalling. So, they, although they got in a lot of good positions they didn't actually create all that much I didn't think um we, we had some we had some moments and things and I thought especially once we went to 4-4-2 and Judge went into the centre as that sort of playmaker role 
I thought we looked quite dangerous. Um, whether it's because they were reorganising after the sending off or not, I mean, both goals came from the left, but we actually took chances. I'm pleased with it. And it's slightly flat because you know what it's coming off the back of. But, um, you know, if, if, that, if that's the springboard for something to, to go forward and you have got the 4-3-3, which then can morph into 4-4-2 or you go 4-4-2 at the start and it can morph into 4-3-3 and you've got the flexibility of two systems, I'm happy with that. And sometimes, you know, you, you have to scrape that win to put yourself on a good run. So I'm hopeful for it. And, yeah, I, I will praise Judge or anybody else um, when they play well. And he, he played well in that second half. He had positional discipline. Um, he opened things up, he ran and showed signs of being a player that once we thought we were getting, which we haven't seen much of. But Hawkins and Jackson were good as a partnership. Um, no, gen generally speaking, I was, I was pretty pleased. With it. My only gripe was that last 10 minutes. There has to be a gripe. I mean, it wasn't a really comfortable win. You know, if, if we'd have come away from a 3-0 win, then cool. But it wasn't a really comfortable win. And, and my thing was down to 10 men. We should have tried to push on and we sat back after we got our second region. Like, okay, sorted, done. And we gave them a lot of possession and a lot of openings around the box, which they didn't have those clear-cut chances, but they could have done. And I, I, I hate that thing. If you've got two, go for the third. If you've got three, go for a fourth. I remember it was a Sheffield Wednesday a couple of years ago where we were Sears was fanning around with it at the corner flag. And they just broke and, and scored, and we lost lost the win from it. And that all that time wasting nonsense of you know game management things. No bollocks to it. Go and get a third. Go and get a fourth. Go and get a fifth. Humiliate the fuckers. That that's that's the thing. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see us sitting back and just coasting through the last bit of the game. That's my only gripe. Fourth place. Good. Now um, I'm going to leave Liam to last because it's his mum's birthday. I want to have a little little celebration for his mum. I forgot her name though. What's her name? Um, Sarah. Who? Sarah. 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 So yeah, happy birthday to Sarah, Liam's mum. But anyway, uh, I'm going to go over to Thomas. <laughs> nice little segue there. No, never ever going to be a segue ever again. Um, but yeah, uh, apparently we're useless. We're too up front. But uh, when that <laughs> happens, we came from behind and won the game. Of course, we hadn't mentioned the red card. So over to you, Thomas. Your thoughts. And you had a good week, my friend. Oh, yeah, a week. My week's been okay. Um, I was in Chelsea on Monday, working at the Chelsea Pig, survey, helping survey there, which used to be owned by Frank Lampard, apparently. Used to drink in there as well. So, um, And Tuesday was my one-year anniversary. Of course, when I met David Beckham a year ago, so I'm going to mention that as well. But um, yeah, um, they did get a red card. I did feel like they're both silly yellow cards, um, and it worked to our advantage, um, in my opinion. I, I do feel like, even though we were better, I felt like we were better at the time. Um, I still didn't quite think we were going to win. If we were playing against 11 men. I think the game changed once, well, for two reasons, really. We brought, put two up front, which apparently we're hopeless at. But, you know, um, we've proven since then that we do look better with two up front. Um, especially Jackson Hawkins Hawk up front. It's, it seems to be working, even though it's hopeless and we're not very good at that. So kind of shows something, doesn't it? And also the red card, we... Yeah, it definitely changed the game in my opinion. Um and it helped helped us win the game to get the three points that we need. Um yeah, okay, it's you, you know, it's um you can say, Oh yeah, it changed the game and stuff like that, but we need that kind of luck and that's what we needed on Saturday and it got us the win for three points. We can take that to next Saturday. Um 
go to Portsmouth and um, go to Port Road with fans back, of course, and use that momentum and try and get something out of Saturday. So, yeah, I was happy overall. I think Nublay looked good. I think it's part in the first goal for them. It's Nubal. It's not Nublay. It's just a Nublé. funny thing. Just a funny thing. It's Nubal. Well, anyway, carry on. Oh. Yeah, Nublay looked good. I thought his part in the first goal was brilliant. Um, uh, Clack, or is it Clack? You just call him Clack. Is it for you, Ross? <laughs> That's stupid as well. <laughs> but yeah, um, I thought, well, yeah, he could be better, but he's not. He's not going to be, is he? He's he is he, he is what he is. So um, he he, he definitely like for them as well for the first goal. He, he played a big part in that. Um. I like their striker. I forgot his name now. Brad said it earlier. It's good. It's gone. What was his name again? Jeff Jeff, yes, it, yeah. Um, like when I spoke to Plymouth fans as well, they were, they were saying like, that's a promising young lad for them. They don't get excited that much from players coming from their academy, but um, it's he looked really good for them. So, you know, they, they did trouble us, but then uh, we won the game. We move on to Saturday now. Cool. And then finally, I'll mention them already. I'll mention them on already. Um, oh, oh. I won't say anything else. Um, but yes, you had a good <laughs> week, my friend. And uh, yeah, it's. Um, do you think really we needed that win going into the game against Portsmouth because fans are back? You know, I think if we didn't win, it would have gone well, gone like a lead balloon. And going into that Portsmouth game, there'd be a lot of uh, negativity. Of course, there's still a lot of negativity about, but at least getting a win it gives us a win, basically. Um. Uh, yeah, I've, I've I've had a decent week, busy week at work, uh, and a nice day today for my mum's birthday. Um, just to make David happy, as part of uh, the Needham Market Women's Media Team, we put out uh, a tweet uh, for rainbow laces. So um, uh, keeping keeping uh, in line with that, we did that last year as well. Um, in terms of the game against Plymouth. Um, I said it in in the recap. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was a win. We needed a win. Um, it's not. I don't think it's going to change much um, in the fact that the fans who are going back on Saturday, they they're, they're still going to have plenty of reservations, I'm sure. Um, but they needed a win. That that something had to give. Um, and with Plymouth being in that lower half, a team that Town should have been beating and should be beating, um, it's kind of just taken the pressure off a little bit. Had they not won that game, then there would have been huge pressure because that's two games against two rivals and two games against two teams that we were expecting to win games, but we didn't. Um, But we got that win, which which was needed. Uh, I'm like Tom, I'm a little bit sceptical of whether we would have got the win had it been 11 players. We we were huffing and puffing, um, but we we didn't really look like we were going to blow the house down until until the the red card happened. But uh, the interesting thing, I think, is that that red card has has kind of bailed the referee out. Because let's be honest, the game could have been completely different in that first 10 minutes had Town been given the Stonewall penalty. So, uh, I mean, it could have been a completely different game. Who knows? Town could have had that early lead from that from the penalty spot and they could have gone on and maybe scored a few more and put in a real confident performance. I think there's, there's still... 
there's still issues. It's it's a bit like it's a bit like a car with a a, a faulty spark plug. It, it's it's it, there there are little sparks there, and it's juddering to a start. But you think there there's something there, but it's just not quite sparking into life completely. That is giving you a, a consistent um consistent performance, and and that's that's at the moment the issue. But as David said, there are there are little sparks there. there there's little bits. Where, I mean, we saw it against Sunderland. There was a decent performance until the red card came in. And we were more, I think we were the better team that night and we could have won that game had Dizelle not been sent off. So there, there were just moments, but it, it's still very much a little bit piecemeal here and there. Um, but I did think, like what Brad said, I did actually think we looked a lot more threatening. Um, we actually did look like we were it wasn't hard. more dangerous. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. hard after the Oxford game. Jesus Christ. Well, yeah. Oh. But we actually looked like we were get, getting into positions of actual dangerous positions, not just knocking the ball about outside the penalty area. We're, um, obviously, uh, Jackson had his chance in the first half where he took about two centuries to take the shot away and got tackled. Uh, I mean, but he got into that position. He got into that position of getting in behind and potentially having a goal-scoring chance. And that's been the issue for me. I I think if it had been the other way, if Town had been not scoring goals but creating loads of chances, then we'd be frustrated, of course, but we'd all look and go, yeah, there's, there's... at some point, someone's going to start scoring. And as soon as they do, Town are, are going to start putting lots of chances away. But the, the last four games, well, take out the Plymouth game, the last three games before that, they, they've just not created. They just didn't look like creating. And that's the worry. And that's why we've all been really downbeat and why we've been on Lambert's back. Um, but, I mean... The end of the day, three points. Uh, can't complain. I mean, for all our gripes with Lambert and so on, we still want the club to win games. So, um, regardless of our personal feelings towards the manager and the way that they're playing, we still want the club to win. And we know how important this is uh, this season. And I mean, if they shit house their way to a to a promotion this season, um, then. Happy days. We'd be happy. We'd be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, Brad, was that hand up, Brad? Or was it just? Yeah. Yeah. Right, was, go, go, go for I it. Say about that latest like, penalty. Um, on the commentary, and I rewound it like five five times. Uh, Brenner said he's blown up for an earlier foul, and I, I looked at it like at least five times. I think there's no foul there whatsoever. The ball was taken from exactly where Lancaster fell. I've no idea what the referee had seen there, and. Yeah, Liam's right. If if would have stored that, you never know. It would have been a lot more comfortable. And I was impressed with Lancaster. Um, he didn't really see a hell of a lot of the ball, but I liked the position he took up. He was probably about five to ten yards in from the touchline, playing that role as he knows how to play it. Um, I think in the, in the four three three, here's who you want as your right winger, and Gwee on on the left. And because Lancaster was able to uh, cut in as he was and just sort of maintain that position, he was closer to Jackson. He was closer to Dobra. That allowed Chambers to get along the outside of him, and where where you do say green shoots, uh, there is a there is um the man 
that we all cannot wait to see Paul in the town shirt again, waiting in the wings to make his return. He may make it, he may not, Vincent Young, but with Lancaster 10 yards in front touchline, and I just imagine Vincent Young just bombing up and down that right wing all day, you're going to have a lot more success. Um, I think at the minute, Chambers and Ward, they're solid, but the ball will go out to them from the centre-halves, and it's pretty much just a knock up the line. They can't really do anything else with it, or they'll go back inside to a centre-half. So I think full-bats are a lot more crucial in the system than what than what people may realise. I'm sure they do realise, actually. But, um, but yeah, I was, I was impressed with Leinster, as, as I've said. It was um, one thing as well to add is it was nice to see, you know, Dobra play a full 90 minutes because we're all shouting for him to even just get get on the bench. Now he actually played a full 90, which was, which was fantastic. Yeah. And he'll, um, he'll benefit from a run of games, won't he? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I know he, he's, you know, getting fouled a lot and stuff like that. And he's getting, you know, but that's part of his game and it's good to see. And, um, and he's a wild card as well. That's the thing. He's, he's, he, he might be raw. And he might give the ball away or he might run into cul-de-sacs. But he's got that little bit of, of X factor about him that just at the way Towner are at the moment, he might just do something absolutely brilliant that turns a game. And, and that's why he should be playing more games than he has been. Because I think you just have to gamble on, what, 75 minutes of him maybe struggling but for for 15 minutes, just that final 15 minutes, he can just pull something out of the bag, which gives Town a positive result. And and that's why I think we need to see more of him. Yeah. And like Bishop, um, he's as close to Bishop as what you'll probably get. Someone who will run over the ball and go through the, go through the lines like that. Just as the same as McGavins, who Lambert has to use, because he's closer to Dizel. So if he keeps the balance in there, then we actually look a lot brighter. And that's a nice little segue. Thank you, Brad. Uh, I'm going to mention now Dazel. Um, he signed a new long-term contract before the Plymouth game, so there's some positivity on the Friday night after you know the, the Evan statement, the dreaded Evan statement, and uh, the Lambert comments at Oxford game. So it sort of added a little bit of light relief on Friday night. But yes, Andre Dazel has signed a new contract until 2024. He, of course, joins the line of different other youngsters signing contracts like Brett McGavin, Luke Wolferden. Uh, Dobra as well, of course. I want to go over to you, David, first to get your thoughts on this. Fantastic news after a very bleak week last week. Um, good. Well done. <laughs> I, I, I was pleased, obviously, but I had no real thoughts beyond that. Um, my, my only thought on it was slightly negative about Lambert saying I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. Um, which... <laughs> Is either disingenuous bollocks, it's, um, so I don't know about that, I don't know about injuries, don't know about anything, what's that green stuff? Um, you know, tactics, never heard of them. And it is deflection, I don't know, but that's the only bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm pleased he signed, especially seeing as he was um, running his contract down, but um, yeah, pleased, good. And, um, you know, Thomas, it's good that he's not going to go for a little fee. Because you know he's still young enough for us to get like a tribunal or compensation fee, but he, you know, if a club wants him, they're going to have to pay a little bit of money. So that's good news. But yeah, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm pleased he signed. I did feel like it was announced at a time when the feeling around the club was low, just to kind of bring the mood up a bit. Um, but yeah, it's good to get him on a sort of a bigger deal. Um, maybe to just get a fee. I don't know. Um, 
they have sort of worried that a little bit. They've kind of signed him up to sell him on at the end of the year if we don't go up. Um, yeah, like I say, I am, I am happy for him. I read the article today where he said he was, you know, he's pleased to be, he's happy to be playing with Wolverton and um, Downs. So, you know, if that can carry on, they can form a bit of a, let's say, freeway between them and sort of consistently get in the squad. We, we've got three good young players there um, who can impact our season if they all remain fit and um, especially when Downs come back you know he's obviously going to be a big big plus for us when he comes back from injury so um, yeah I think it's a good sign he's obviously one of our own from Jason as well so you know it's um he's been here I think it's, was it since he's been eight did he I think it's what he said yeah, yeah, so, that, yeah. so obviously yeah he's, he's obviously part of the club and it's um it's good to keep these players here um, obviously they love the club and just hope he makes it big here really you know, Brady's been the standout player, you know, this season. Um, I think a lot of us were were worried this could be his final season at the club, his chance to really shine and prove maybe his doubt was wrong. And um, he's done that. He's had a few suspensions, of course, in the last few weeks, you know, the red card and then his fifth yellow card. But he's had a great season. Are you happy about this? Yeah, I am. And on that last point you made there, that just shows that he's added a bit of bite to his game. Uh, you don't always have to be great in the tackle, but if you can nibble at the heels of opposition and do the dirty stuff, then that's, that's what he has to do in that role. Um, he couldn't play it before. Well, he, he wasn't actually given a chance to play it before, but um, beforehand he was too lightweight and he, people just blow past him. But at least if someone goes past him now, he'll stick a leg out, which you kind of don't mind because <laughs> he's, he's stopped the opposition from playing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Andre. Um, I remember when he broke broken at 16 and McCarthy was saying, yeah, Dazelle had his laser on that night. And I remember, because I sit, when I used to sit in the North Stand, I'd just, he'd be playing these balls through as a 16-year-old, but nobody else in that pitch could play. And um, like Bishop, like Downs, probably Downs will go, but a player's, what, Dazelle and, yeah, not, not, not like Downs, sorry, but Bishop and Dazelle, similar in the fact that they've both had injuries and, if they didn't have these injuries, they'd probably been gone a couple of years beforehand. So it's good. It's good for us that he's not he's not going at the end of the season. I think he is a. I think he's a championship player already. Um, I'm sure he could go and play in a championship side right now, and with a pass and move sort of style, he'd, he'd fit in lovely. Uh, he's just a yeah, very very good technical player. He's got a role which is made for him. Um, it's the best thing that Lambert's done this season, in my opinion, is find that role for Andre um, and the whole team does pretty much go through Andre and if he's not getting the ball if the, if the opposition have, have marked him out the game we struggle so yeah you've signed your in my opinion you've signed your best player this season up to a long-term deal so happy days yeah and you know Liam a lot of us were saying that the Wolferdon new contract was one of the best signings of the summer um this is definitely another good sort of right direction us for us going to sign on are you know youngsters to longer term deals because you know next season this will be a a special pod in in the coming weeks and months because there's so many players out of contract at the end of this season. Um, so we at one at one point we'll go through all the players and decide if we want to get rid of them or not. And I thought Dazelle was going to be part of that list, but now he's not part of that list and he's now signed a long term contract. Your thoughts? We spoke of course on Monday, but add on to that. Yeah. Um... It's a win-win, isn't it? Um, it's a win for the player and it, it's a win for the club. Um, for the player, clearly from what he's spoken to in the media about his joy of playing alongside the players that he's grown up with and 
and obviously being a big part of the club uh, and the history that the club has got with his family, of course, with his dad, it does mean a lot to him. So I genuinely, when I hear his words, actually think what he is saying comes from the heart, that he really wants to make his own piece of history with Ipswich and, and try and do something for them. Um, so for him, it, it's it's a win in the fact that he he has that opportunity to do something, even even if he goes in the summer. If Town get promoted, even if he was to be nabbed away in the summer, he's done a little bit of good, which is what he wants to do, which is get Town back into the second tier. I would hope he'd stay longer, but who knows? Um, the, the fact of the matter is, though it's a win for the club because they get money for him now if, if anyone wants to wants to take him. So it is good, but I mean we, we can't we can't completely say that this is going to tie him down now until twenty twenty four. I if if he carries on playing the way he has done this season, then I think at the end of the season, come what may, whether promotion or no promotion, and it'll be pretty much irresistible if there is no promotion that he's going to be in the same category as Downs about how on earth a town going to hold on to him but yes Matt um good news some positive news just to add to the podcast because the last few weeks have been a bit negative uh for obvious reasons because we've been playing up very well but um mm. Andre Dezel new contracts happy days your thoughts to round up the contract for Dezel Great news, great news. I mean, I was surprised, I have to say, very, very surprised by it because I had a gut feeling that the contract would run down and he'd leave on a Bosman and go like higher echelons of the championship and be an absolute diamond. But the surprising thing for me wasn't the fact that he has signed because it's absolutely fun. Oh, hello. Uh, wasn't <laughs> wasn't the fact that he's extended. It's the fact that Paul Lambert came out and said, "Ah, oh, it's news to me." It's like really, like our like arguably our our best prospect. You you knew nothing about him staying at the club for another few years, potentially being with us whilst we do a double promotion back to the Premier League in the next two years um, before sealing a twenty five million pound deal to uh, Man United in twenty twenty three. But so you know that was that was that was strange. But it's it's nice he's staying. I mean he's got that cool kind of collected kind of element to his game, and everybody else just you know it's almost like the ball's on fire when they get it, and he's the only one really that kind of is like yeah I've got, I've got the ball and I'm I'm gonna do something really good with it. Um, whereas I think other players are like oh quick hoof it. It's a bit like Sunday League. It's like get rid of it. But yeah. No, happy days. This is this is good. It's something like other people have said. There are there are green shoots at the club at the moment, and I know my optimism and positivity can be quite annoying, um, particularly as it's as it's quite cool to be negative and 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 everyone's a cunt and oh we hate everyone and we hate everything and oh it's not the year two thousand and it's not nineteen seventy eight and not. Knock the Sir Bobby Robson stand down because you know the old stand was better and and it was better when we had when we could stand and throw things and be really horrible to everybody. But it's like, come on, there's like there's there's some decent stuff here. Uh, we are where we are. Nobody likes it. It is it is it is shit. 
and uh, and as and as other people have said, our our, our manager is a twat, but we've we've got him. Hopefully, Celtic will come in and and um, <laughs> uh, pay that release fee, and we can wave him goodbye from Ipswich Station as he goes up the up the <laughs> up, up the Great Eastern. I'm you not know. going there personally. I'm not going to wave him goodbye. I'm driving there. Go. He's going to drive him there. Window. Come on, Paul. Jump in. The car's not normal. But we've got road, we've got road snacks. It's all good. I've got some uh, I've got some uh, wet 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 in the car. We can we can crank it up, baby. Sorry, that was that was a really horrible Scottish stereotype. It's a fine it's a fine country. I've been there, man and boy. It's lovely. Well, of course, Liam is currently based <laughs> up in in Scotland. So, are yeah. you? I, I thought you were in Crew, or are you from Crew? <laughs> I'm I'm from Crew. But I haven't lived in Crewe since I was three. Just a couple of years then. <laughs> yeah, and I'm 31 now. <laughs> You're not. It must uh, be your yeah, Oli. <laughs> anyway, 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 uh, I would I would say we could we could chat about the Lambert Celtic rumor, but that is pretty much a lot of no- nonsense, I think. So. We're just going to bypass that. I think I know all your opinions on that anyway. You all said you're going to drive them to, to drive them up to Scotland, up to Celtic. But uh, no, we're going to go I'm on. To... Driving, I'll make him pay the extortionate train fee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, let's go on to um, another man <laughs> who is another big talking point, of course, Marcus Evans, the owner. Uh, last week before the pod, he released a statement which. Uh, a lot of us didn't like, and um, there's one thing, one comment he put in there: "Be careful what you wish for." And he's come out today to apologise for it. So, and he's probably sacked oh. his advisors, um, who decided to let him write that in the first place. Um, David, I want to go over to you because I know you're feeling on this um, just <laughs> from your facial expressions and all that jazz. But uh, your your feelings on this? <laughs> um. Well. I think it's good on one side that he's recognised that he's pissed people off. That that that's that whole statement is not not just that sort of oh I um, I apologise for any offence people may have taken, which isn't really an apology. That that's a sort of a modern diplomatic way of saying oh dear God do I have to? Um, but the whole tone of that was completely different to the one before. Um, so. I found it a much more positive read. It concerned me more, actually, the start of it, where he was talking about refinancing and things like that and suggesting there were aspects of that big plan that were actually good and things. So it, it was an interesting read, I thought, and I was, I was, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with a more conciliatory approach, but I do think that that wasn't actually an apology. That, that was one of those, as I say, modern political half-assed things. But if the club's recognised that they do need to do some PR and do need to consider what people are thinking and why they're thinking it, then, yeah, credit um, where it's due. He could have just ignored it and talked about the finance and not not addressed it. So that's that's a good thing. Um, I wonder whether he was he wrote the previous one when he was in a bad mood. I know I've written statements and things in bad moods before. And if I think it was alluded to by either Andy Heath or Stewart, that um, some pressure had been bought by Lambert for the higher echelons to give him some backing publicly. 
And I wonder whether Lamb, whether um, Evans was a bit pissed off about doing it in the first place. Mm. Um, and now he's had a chance to calm down and he's thought, right, well, you know, I, I, need, I need to build some bridges here. So, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased it's come out. It, it, it makes, you know, with the Dizel thing, the win against Plymouth, it makes a more positive atmosphere generally, which is nice, isn't it? And I think that we've all taken a step back and tried to look at it in a slightly more positive way. There isn't, there is negatives there. There are things to be cross about and things, but you also need to not get so completely focused on the bad stuff all the time that even if you've won, then you're still pissed off because Lambert's still there. You've got to look at it in the round. And I think that it's very easy to get into a negative mind frame in that way. And I want Lambert to turn it around. Equally, I want him gone if he doesn't turn it around. That, that, that hasn't changed. Um, but I think that if Evans is prepared to take that step back, Dizelle signed a thing we won. There, there are some of those more green shoots of, of a slightly more positive atmosphere in, in the area, um, which, which can only be a good thing. Definitely That's still that. not a proper apology, though. Um, and also he's probably pissed off because he was there in Oxford freezing his bollocks off seeing a goalless draw between Ittrich and Oxford in League One you know but yeah anyway I'm going to go over to you Brad um, because you weren't on the last pod so I just want to get your thoughts on this statement itself last week and then of course now he's coming out with his apology so round it up as a whole on your take on that yeah I think um, I just echo what if, if people have listened to what Andy Andy Warren said, um, how I yeah anything else that he said in that statement last week was just was just um, clouded over by be careful what you wish for um, and and this week his is give up the old um, sorry sorry like all of that but but um, yeah I, I think he he obviously wrote it he's wrote this one um, but the people who are advising him at the club have got to at least. Like, have somebody read over what you've just written. And can you all be in solid agreement that that is the right thing to put out there, that the one phrase that everyone gets pissed off with is, be careful what you wish for. Uh, personally, I was just wishing for Paul Cook to come in and take us out of his lead. Um, I wasn't wishing for us to go down the McCarthy route and wish to go down to lead two. So that was what I was wishing for. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's here for now. Like David said, um, Lambert just just seems to just remain pissed off at whatever anyone says to him. Um, like, you could say the water's wet and he'll say it's, he'll say it's not. It's just, it's just the way he is now. Um, I am actually more fed up with, the, with Lambert as a bloke than I am actually a manager. Um, or, as, yeah, that's more, that's more that for me. Because I think he's done some stuff this season which I am pleased to see, but the majority of the time he's just pissing me off. Um, I'm getting a bit sweary this, pro- this podcast. But, uh, yeah, so Evans had to say sorry because he only had to log on to Twitter five minutes after he'd posted what he did to see what a catastrophic error he made. Um, so, yeah, move, move on. Everyone move on. <laughs> and uh, I want to go over to you, to you Liam. Um, quick, get your thoughts on this apology. And, you know, did, did you think he needed to do that? Despite, you know, what David said, it's not really an apology, but it, it is. It's one of those weird things. But do you think he needed to come out because of, I'm sure he was, must have been told with the backlash he got from the, the previous statement? From a, from a journalist's uh, point of view, um, it's a PR disaster. Uh, I mean, 
in a journal in journalism you have people who edit your work now i know he is the top man um and i'm guessing whatever he wants to say he will put out there but i'm someone must have advised him someone should have looked over that and gone before they put it out do you want to say this and if he said yes then fair enough but uh, it just seems to me that it hasn't been edited um uh, no one's looked it over and he's just put that out pretty much, uh, which is not a great, great thing for the club. Um, but in terms of his apology today, well, it's just a bit, it's just a bit by the by. I mean, as David said, I, I, I think the big thing is, his apology came halfway down the uh, comment. <laughs> so it wasn't at the very beginning. He started off by going, I'm very sorry to all those fans that I may have, alienated last week it was not my intention and then go on to the rest of the stuff about the finance he started with the finance and then kind of pulled in the i'm sorry a bit later so like david i think he's he's kind of felt he had to do it to build a few bridges um but um probably it's just one of those things that he's just been dragged to do and just in the good to keep all-out civil war from breaking out. Um, so not really a lot different, to be honest. Um, I do agree, though, with some of the stuff he said about the redistribution of money. I think I think all this project, um, whatever it is, um, that project, new big picture, whatever, um, that we've spoken about before, um, I mean, the main overarching bit about the top six trying to power grab is is ridiculous but there were other things part of that um part of that discussion which is quite good and if you can cherry pick the best bits and get rid of the the kind of domineering um effect of the top big clubs from taking even more power then it probably will be a good thing in the future but um of course it's just going to be difficult um, to see how the big clubs aren't going to be stopped uh, the way that things are going at the moment. But, yeah, not much of a, an apology, but at least he's put his hand up and kind of said sorry a little bit. Matt, your take on all this. Um, <laughs> you, uh, yeah, yeah. Hello, is he here? Hello. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Once again, like Brad, you weren't on last week um, to talk about the statement. So your quick take on the statement last week and then, of course, the apology uh, this week from, from Evans himself. It was, a, it was a strange one last week. It's almost like, almost like Donald Trump-esque oh. in terms of I've written some stuff and I'm just going to do it because I can. But he doesn't really strike. He actually strikes me as quite a intelligent, considered bloke, and nobody really gets to his standing without having a, a bit of now. So last week was last week was puzzling, to say the least, and and, and to keep it polite. This week, uh, I read it a couple of train uh, times on the on the train home from work today before I um glamorously fell asleep with my mouth open catching flies, and it was like like a couple of the guys have said. It's you either apologise or you don't, 
And I think if you really mean that sort of thing and want to get people back on side, because last week did cause a bit of a mutiny, you put it at the start of the statement. You don't kind of bury it at the end where a lot of people have probably already tailed off uh, and, and, and lost an interest. I mean, what, what would have been nice is, for example, he would have said, right, until we can get everybody back in the stadium, um, back in as one, let's just do free iFollow for all season ticket holders because you're already paying quite a bit. You can have free iFollow home and away. And you know what? Everybody else can have free iFollow as well if you're registered for itfctickets.co.uk. Um, it's little touches like that that might kind of sway people's trust and kind of get that you know, that feeling of goodwill that we had when PR Paul started to work his magic and brought back the legends and was posing with, and this didn't age very well, posing from the guys from Blue Action 1878 and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's progress. We're, 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 we've kind of gone past a bit of a tipping point, which was all doom and gloom. And then we had... We obviously had the win, and then we had the Andre Andre Dazelle. Some people say Dozel. I just don't get that. We had the we had the Andre Dazelle news, and then we had kind of Marcus Evans communicating again. Which back in the day, at the start of his thirteen year tenure, it's like, who is this guy? Does he actually exist? Is that a made up name of a holding company from the Far East or somewhere like that? You know. But yeah, it's um as I like to end a lot of things, it's all good. Happy days. And um of course I'm known for my friend, so Thomas to finish this section on. Um of course you know, we're both, you know, wrestling fans, WWE fans, and uh remember the the anonymous you know, GM. That that's what I felt Evans was for so long. He was just a guy on the computer just putting out statements here and there. We've actually probably heard more from from Evans in the last well, year than we had in the de- decade he's been in the owner of the, the club. But uh, your take on this to round off this segment? What a rubbish storyline that was. And that with Hornswoggle as the anonymous GM. <laughs> lazy, lazy writing, lazy writing. Yeah, anyway. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, Elton John said it, didn't he? Sorry, seems to be the hardest word. So uh, he's obviously come out with something, but um, it's, it's still, it's something at least... Um, like Matt said, I, I can kind of agree with that. The fact that if you're going to be, if you're going to apologise, you're going to say it first and then say what you want to say afterwards. So I, I can understand that point, but at the same time, he has he has said it, and it was made of the, when it was tweeted, it was pointed out that there was an apology in there for the fans. So I can kind of see both sides there. Um, I haven't really read it to be honest because um, I've been busy today. Uh, but you know, he had to come up with an apology. It was a bit silly what he said last week. I think. Um, I think it would definitely help that going forward. You know, if, if, if there was a mutiny last week. I think everyone felt it. It was, you know, everyone was against what he said. It was silly. And I, I don't understand why anyone didn't tell him, like, to put it right, basically, because um, so anyone reading that should have known that it's going to get a bit of a backlash. And if they didn't, then they shouldn't be advising him in my eyes because it's just, it was just a silly thing to say. But, you know, it's it's happened, so... And he's come out and apologised. It's it's one of those things we can move on now. And again, like I say, it's Saturday's the next thing that we need to worry about, to be honest. Now, of course, I'm going to stick with you because you're going to have your your yeah, talking points. Oh, 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 God. Okay. <laughs> Go on, then. 
I, I, I just wanted to say, if he really felt that bad, surely he would have brought out a, an apology pretty much straight after he made the first statement. The fact that it's taken him a week to make that statement just shows you that he's kind of made something to give to the fans, but he hasn't urgently got to it to build these bridges that that it's kind of meant to do. So I think it's that the fact that it's taken a week is kind of just killed um, the intentions of it, really. Maybe um, he's got some new advisors and they're probably, because I'm sure actually it was probably his advisors who told him to apologise. It's probably not him. He probably doesn't read. He's on Twitter. He doesn't seem to be a guy that'd be on Twitter. Um, or he's secretly on Twitter as like a, an egg, just like you know, John, John Smith or something. <laughs> Just lurking around the Twitter, like looking at everything. Um, you never know. He could follow us. You never know. You never know. But um, anyway, let's talk about Pompey. We played Portsmouth already this year, of course, in the FA Cup. Um, lost in extra time. Sad times. Sad, sad times. But uh, yeah, we're third, they're fourth. You know, fans are back in the ground, which is fantastic. 2000. Uh, it's not a lot, but it's a start, isn't it? Um, and of course, it is a two game week coming up Saturday, Tuesday. Of course, Burton Albion comes to Portman Road. But uh, Thomas, let's get into the talking points, the viewpoints. We, we haven't got a name yet for this section, uh, it's still a work in progress, but we'll get there. But um, what are the feelings going into this game for Pompey fans? And they actually had fans, didn't they, at Fran Park, whenever they, whoever they played, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good, that's good. Got my facts right. But yeah, <laughs> take it away, my friend. Thanks, for doing another question. Sorry? Paul Mariner. Ah, Peter Brown. Oh, yeah, of course. Paul Mariner, yeah. yeah. First, first <laughs> we've got a question, but we'll have the answer at the end, Ross. Don't okay. answer out before it. But um, just one for you all to think about whilst I'm talking. Uh, who was the first player to play for both clubs this century? Oh, not already. Yeah, okay. But well, don't answer that. What, what, what can I uh, did, did you research yourself for the strike, or do you know? I just think I know, but carry on. Okay. Well, we'll get everyone else to support stuff, and then we can... Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so also they had fans last week. Um, I spoke to a friend that I met, going back to wrestling again, I met him at, uh, I think it was a Rev Pro show back in the British uh, British Indies. So um, I was a big Portsmouth fan. He was there last week. So I asked him how he, how he felt about that, to be honest. And he said the social distance side of things was handled really well. Um, everybody was spaced out. There were stewards. They're washing the footballs and, you know, swapping them out after each throw-in to show enough to go wrong, as they're supposed to. Um, hand sanitizer was really available. Everything was really, it was handled really well. So, obviously, he quite impressed. In terms of only being 2,000 fans, he said the atmosphere was second to none. Um, you were able to tell if it was only 2,000 people there, um, especially when they scored. Um, and they really they really showed the, really, that the fans really showed their support, for, even for Jacket. So, I feel, it definitely feels like they all had a bit of a, Kick getting back, um, really enjoyed it. Obviously, they won, so that obviously helps. But um, I think it was a obviously something new for them. And I've seen a few pictures, and they all seem to enjoy it. It's it's a definitely a a weird return to football for fans this weekend. Um, obviously, I'm not going, but I think seeing it last week, it was certainly different. But I think it's it's good to have fans back and it's a step in the right direction. So um, if it's if it's done right. And can carry on, then I'm all for it for now, and we can eventually get back to normal times. But um, in terms of their season, 
I got off to a slow start. Uh, they, they originally played a 4-2-3-1 formation, um, but obviously horrible results in the um, start of the season. And then they changed to 4-4-2. A lot of fans have been crying out for it. And John Marquis um, has actually been out, utilised properly from since then. So he's scored nine this season, I believe, so far. So um, they finally get their string of results. Got a bit of form. And obviously they're, they're doing well against teams at the top of the table, which is uh, the opposite to us. So um, I think they struggle a bit when they play bottom teams. But um, in terms of the size at the top, they're pretty fine. The only teams that they've really struggled about, struggled against this season since playing 4-4-2 is Charlton. Um, they're the only ones that have given a bit of trouble. And in terms of their manager, uh, he's been under serious serious pressure in the early stage of the season, especially with 4-2-3-1. I've got to say, it really did remind me of um, some of our thoughts towards Lambert whilst reading some of this and speaking to some of them. Um, with poor results combined and a number of comments from fan favourites who have left the club not sound pleased with how their departure was handled. Um, I think a lot of fans got really disgruntled. But he's changed to 4-4-2 and they've picked up the results, so it's obviously quite a dis- the dis- discontent. But a large proportion of their fan base are still extremely cautious. Um, his contract expires at the end of the season, though, so you know, if, if they don't go up, probably get rid, get someone else in who can actually do the job for them. But like I say, there's a bit of an attraction. My friend Joe, he likes him. He's good at what he does, but his decisions can sometimes be questionable. Uh, someone else I spoke to called Will, um, he's not so keen. He can't see him going up for Jack at this season. They messed up last season, especially when he dropped their captain in the playoffs. So um, a mixed bunch of fans there in terms of their manager. Um, I think we're a bit different there where we all want our manager out. So so I definitely see comparisons there. I asked him about the FA Cup game um, against Ipswich and another person I spoke to was um, from the Pompey News Now podcast and he said that the FA Cup game was an odd one. Uh, Pompey obviously played a strong line-up against the younger Ipswich team and looked very comfortable until conceding just before half-time. Uh, I don't think too much can be t- taken from the result itself, to be honest, uh, he said. Uh, you'd expect Ipswich to have the lion's share of possession again this weekend but he would, he would bet Pompey to do more of the ball when they have it. He's worried that they've used their luck up um, from that offside goal, and they'd rather have that in the league. But um, Joe, who I always spoke to, um, he claims the goal wasn't offside, even though it clearly was. When I confronted him, he just said they had long legs. <laughs> so, uh, we won't then, get into that. We won't get into that. It's gone no, now. It's gone. It's no, happened, it's gone unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Ellis Harrison, he's a player that's played for us. Um, I asked him their thoughts on him. For the most part, Pompey fans um, like him. He's a useful target man since he's come back from injury. Uh, he really puts in a shift and plays an important role in the team. He's not always on the scoreboard, but he's also always trying to get on the end of something or creating chances. Fans are a bit sour after he scored the own goal in the playoffs, but they think he'll quickly forget it if he performs well this season. Also asked about Ollie Hawkins and the Pompey News Now podcast said um, that he divided opinion at Pompey when he was here. He was signed as a number nine, but played a portion of his time here at centre-back and was expected just slot into either role. Hawkins never seemed to get a great time of it from referees, but always gave 100%, and I felt he was, uh, they felt he was truly treated fairly harshly. Um, clearly a nice bloke who scored a winning penalty for us in a Wembley final, but possibly not quite automatic promotion places to the championship standard, which I do feel like I agree with. Um, I don't think he's quite a championship player, but he's obviously decent at this level. And in terms of Saturday, um, I asked him, they fought and they said that Pompey were on the up, whereas it just seemed to have started recently with the exception of the turnaround against Plymouth. 
Paul Lambert seems under a lot of pressure based on his rude, unpleasant comments to some parts of the local media last week. And they believe that if Pompey can get an early goal and put Ipswich on the back foot, the pressure could mount on the Ipswich team and lead to a poor performance. Um, they have sympathy for us, being managed by a man with so much disdain for the fan base and the local media. <laughs> uh, that interview did make them think, uh, did make them grateful for having Kenny Jack at the helm. And in terms of scores, a bit of a mixed bunch, really. Um, the Pompey News Now, now t- uh, podcast team went for a 3-1 Pompey win. Whereas we went two two, where Hawkins scores a late equaliser and then slaps jacket in celebration. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're very divide, divided on their manager it seems, but they're still fourth. So, like we're still third, it's hard to judge too much. Okay. How do you feel? Wanna... I, I was going to say I, I'll go over. I'll go over two two. I'll draw two two. Okay. Uh, what's the does anybody know the answer to your question then? Is that Herman? No, I thought that when I first thought the question, but it's not. I, I was thinking David Norris. No, Herman played before, both before then, didn't he? Matt? Oh, uh, well, I keep thinking now because I was so sure it was Herman. I, 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 it's probably not correct, but I never play. Um, is that Mark Birchall? Yeah. Oh, look at that! You've probably done a strike question about him. No, what, what would I do? What would you do, Mark Birchall? I don't do random players. I'm score players, but Mark Birchall was on loan from good old, bloody good old Wikipedia. Yeah, from Celtic, yeah. From Celtic, yeah. From Celtic he played like seven games. Yeah. Like, One uh, goal, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was that was just a random, and Wikipedia, of course. But yeah. <laughs> but there we go. Um, I'm not just all you know. I don't know what I was going to say there. I'm going to, just, I'm going to move on. Um, it's not just a simple Suffolk folk. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, <laughs> as you know, I'm, I'm shambolic most of the time. But so 2-2, two, two, I'm going to give you the leaderboard. Of course, Thomas is top of the leaderboard and the predictions. Um, I want to go over to Matt to get his thoughts on this game. Um, let's, let's look at the team. Um, what are you going to go for? What's your starting eleven and uh, your prediction? Oh, blimey. Um, I, I actually... Predict a win. Um, I'd like to see Dobra again. He added a, a sprinkle of magic to the team, which we have been we have been missing. Um, we haven't had a lot of since your boy Guion Brian Edwards has been out. Sad we haven't really, yeah, we haven't really had that kind of panache, have we? Um, I think four two three one is 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 a decent formation for us to play. I'll let Brad and David get into the finer points of of the formations because I actually think that we're a little bit more fluid um against um against Plymouth last weekend. Um you gotta keep on wondering how long um Ward and Chambo can keep plodding on and I think like Brad said we've got to keep We've got to keep them wrapped in cotton wool because until my boy KVY comes back, we don't really have any any other option at right back. There are, there are people that can do it, of course, but you know any professional footballer should really be able to play anywhere. But some are much better than others. Um, to, is Dizel back? I think he's back, isn't he? he served yeah. his one game ban. Who's he going to play alongside? Is he going to play alongside Nolo? Um, or is he going to play alongside McGavin? I reckon Nolan will probably probably get the nod um, because of his goal, cracking goal. 
and he was he seemed to have a little bit more influence further up the pitch because when he when he drops deep he's a little bit like a crab he just goes left to right left to right left to right doesn't really do anything um i could do that role quite well and we've even got cole skews to come back he'll get his he'll get his send off he'll get his uh send off at the end of the season um my, my man Bennett's from um, from the fallen Munson Gladbach. He's he he is getting better. He just needs to learn that as a wide player, crossing the ball is quite important. <laughs> and so far, he's he's kind of just been like golf wedging it, and and we just don't have the height or the physicality to be like pinging high balls. They need to be like across the face for the likes of uh, of Jackson, who's he's, he's just like a greyhound. He's so quick. Um, so, and Judge, we talked about this earlier with David, Judge actually did all right. I think he almost got seven out of ten, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we'll see many changes, no doubt. Um, tomorrow morning, our, our, our man Paul will say, oh, you know, we, we've had some injuries. Sorry to put a damper on it. He doesn't uh, know, does he? He doesn't know, though. He doesn't know. I, I, I can tell you. I've, I've, I've got things on my mind. Well, yeah. <laughs> me, me too, Paul. It's called paying the mortgage and feeding my kids. Um, <laughs> uh, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm quietly confident. I mean, but I think we have to be wary. I mean, results have been so mixed. They beat Peterborough, which is great because I really don't like Peterborough very much, having worked there for four years when I was a younger more interesting man and yeah i i think we'll do them signs the signs were very good when we played them in the cup and they put out a full strength team um and we played a very very kind of rotated squad um i think they portsmouth deserve to lose because they are the number one um suspects at the moment in kit crimes wearing ridiculous orange kits against teams that play in red when they could have quite easily worn their Traditional blue and white, you know, stick to your tradition, guys. We're proud of your colours. Don't wear stupid, horrible Nike <laughs> template kits. Um, but, yeah, I am going for, which I know you've all been waiting to hear, I'm going to go for um, Ipswich Town 2, Portsmouth 0. Oh, clean sheet. Oh. Yeah, and our man, and our man, you know what? I hope, I hope uh, Portsmouth don't wear um, their orange kit. Because it might mean a return of the uh, Ipswich Town. What colour is he wearing, David Dye Cornell kit? Is it <laughs> pink? Is it orange? Is it like Captain Scarlet Magenta um, colour? <laughs> um, who knows? But I'll, I'll I'll let you add that as a subtopic at the end, Ross. I had a bit yeah. of spare time, and I went in the shop. It's, it's salmon. I reckon it's salmon. Connor salmon. Oh dear! Oh dear! That's, ter- that's a terrible segue. Never, 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 never talk about him ever again. Uh, well, David, as you spoke, <laughs> how are you? Yeah, just that's how it works. On if you speak, I'll go over to you next to get your thoughts on Pompey. I like I like Pompey. It's a great little name for them, isn't it? Pompey. Anyway, um, I digress. How are you feeling going into this one? Your prediction? Um, I'm sort of on the fence. Feeling, but I, I'm I'm innately an optimist. I I, um, I I don't like being sort of predicting defeats. It it goes against the grain. I think there will be a couple of changes. Obviously, Giselle coming in. I think he'll stick with his four three three thing. Um, whatever variation on that it happens to be, 
Um, but hopefully there'll be a switch around at some point, four four two later on, because I think it, it it suits things late. You know, we we work well with it. I think overall, I'm quite optimistic. I think that I think Harrison will be a handful because he always is. I never have quite understood why we sort of showed him the door after not very much time. Um, I'm going to go overall for two one. I think I think it's uh, and I think it'll be slightly more comfortable two one than two one suggests. Win, yeah. Two one win, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not an optimism. <laughs> I guess. Oh, no, you, two, you know. two, two, two one defeat is that's that sort of seriously no. Normally, when I walk down to the ground, normally, and we pass the co-op along Foxhall Road, and Oscar will say, "What are you working today?" And I will pretty much always go three nil. I mean, I mean, I, I'm bottom of the league at the moment for for this, because, and I haven't got a single result right. I've got there's sort of not, I haven't got the scores right at all. Yeah. Um, I think partly because I'm just innately obstinate, and by the time we've reached Alexandra Park, he's completely dissing me, telling me exactly why I'm wrong and why it's all going to go to Helen Handcart because Oscar is not an optimist in any way, shape, or form. So he's he's busy going, no, no, it's going to be four nil to them. No, it's three nil, and, and Francine sort of sat in the middle, just sort of going, "It's a football match. I'm quite happy going." <laughs> so yeah, two one, but Harrison will score theirs. Okay, now um. Brad was the only person who actually got, well, went for a win for Plymouth and we won. Woo! So how are you feeling going into this one? You'll predict, Sean. Yeah, I alluded to at the start of a pod that um, I'm happy going into this game with what it would have been if the last two games wouldn't have shown a little. Well, Oxford didn't really show much promise, but I was, um, yeah, I, I thought Plymouth gave me a bit of hope. Um Firstly, I like Portsmouth. Um, always had a bit of a soft spot for them growing up. I remember their mad drummer on the roof as they were getting promoted um, under Harry, Harry Redknapp. Um, the sides that they had with Crouch and Defoe. Yeah, I, I just have always had a soft spot for them. Um, but I don't really want to face them. I mean, we've, we've now got these green shoots as people are... Well, yeah, people are calling that. But you're now going to face the team, which is... I, I haven't lived, I don't know. But I presume that they're probably number one in the league away. Um, definitely top three or four and four. They went to Sunderland, beat them. Um, they just they're just so well set up to play away from home. Uh, they sit in, they keep it tight. They have they have players who can hurt you. Have, uh, Williams, Curtis. Um, yeah, they've they've got players which can probably play at the level above. So if you keep it tight, then you're probably going to get a goal or two against you like, like, like they did in the FA Cup I mean they, I didn't think they were that impressive in the first half but two chances two goals so and I don't I don't I don't know if they're going to well anyway I, I, I feel like they, they could probably do that again probably not to the same um, clinicity as they did but so I'll go for a 1-0 Portsmouth win um, unfortunately oh, yeah. Um, I've been rocketing up the leaderboard because I've been predicting what people haven't been predicting. So I might as well go for a defeat again because that is the main thing. It doesn't matter, but it's just getting promoted as long as I win that. So, um, yeah, I, I just think that with our injuries um, and the fact that they're just, they're just solid, aren't they, Portsmouth? I'll tell you what, if we were playing Charlton off the back of a Plymouth result or Hull, I'd probably be going draw possible, possible win. But you're not going to face a team who's been 
managed for the same management for the last three or four years. So well organised. Um, I just think I do a job on us. And I hope that fans don't read too much into that because they are a decent side this level. They, they should have been promoted by now. Um, I don't think I'd be a noisy minority because there's only 2,000 there. I can't imagine the whole of Section 6 is in that. So, um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be too downbeat if we do lose, just as long as we... It sounds sad. We're in lead one, but give it a good go. <laughs> and given that we can switch to two, he's happy to switch to two up front now. Who knows? Maybe Hawkins does come on, um, flick on to Jackson. We get we get a last minute equaliser or even possible winner. So at least at least the man on the sidelines is is happy to change formation during a game or change tactics during a game. He's actually pulling out his tactics board, I think. I don't know where he found it. But yes. One nil defeat. That's me. Thanks, Brad. Thank you very much. Um, one 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 player that I like they've got is John Marquis, who scored ten goals this season. Like that's what I just wish we had. It's just somebody like like Norman Jackson. They're right. They scored. They they scored. You know, ten plus goals last year. But like John Marquis, he at this level he scores twenty plus goals every season. Um, but that's me talking about him. I'm not, it's not a love in with John Marquis, but I've always liked him. Um, anyway, finally, on to you, Liam. Uh, how are you feeling going into this? You were top of the league on the leaderboard, but Thomas is still up there. Um, how are you feeling going into this one? Uh, I'm feeling more positive than I did going into the Charlton Hull games, where we we came from that really dodgy last-minute win over Shrewsbury, where... It was really poor. For me, coming out the Plymouth game, where we've played better, looked better, and just seeing these little green shoots, I feel more positive about it. But as Brad said, it is going to be a hard game. Portsmouth are a very good side. They are, they are a team um, that should be up there and surprisingly haven't uh, got out of this division yet. But for me, I, I I think the key factor for us, with all the injuries we've got at the moment and the fact that we don't tend to score many goals, the key for me is the back four. Keep it tight. Don't go through the same mistakes that we made in the FA Cup and give ourselves a chance. And if we can get to that last 25, 20 minutes, of the game and be able to maybe bring Hawkins on and switch to a two, as Brad says, we might be able to snatch a win or even a point if we're if we're if we're one nil behind. I think the problem we have in games is that we've been making it difficult for ourselves. We went behind early against Char- against Hull, we lost three nil. We went uh, early against Charlton. We lost 2-0 and we didn't look like we were going to ever get back into those games. And against teams of quality, I just don't have any real confidence that Town are going to force their way back into a game against those sort of teams. So I think it's crucial that we keep it tight and we take it as far as we can. Hopefully we play well, but even if we are holding on a bit, if we can keep it tight and frustrate them, and I know we're saying this about a home game, but I just think if we can take it late into the game, we might be able to snatch something. Um, the real big thing, though, is we've been talking about green shoots, and this is a game 
where we're going to see if those green shoots are real or not. Because we beat Plymouth, and we expected to beat Plymouth, even with the bad run we were on. We, I mean, we all predicted we'd probably have lost to Plymouth, but um, but it's a game we should have been winning. And it goes back to this whole, we can win games against the lower teams, but don't seem to be able to beat the teams at the top. And it goes back to that. But I just think that we've had a, a positive result against Plymouth with with a, a semi-positive performance. And I think if we can go into this Portsmouth game off the back of that, then I think um, if we can re- if we can win this game, then we will show those real green shoots. And I think we then can believe that we might be in this title race and we're not just in an artificial position again like last season. Um, so I'm going to be positive um, and I'm going to go 1-0 winter town. Okay. Thomas? Um, possibly fans that could have an impact. I mean, if we start off badly, like we have had quite a history this season of conceding early. So if we concede early against Portsmouth again on Saturday, we've got 2,000 fans there. This could get a bit... I mean, it is 2,000 fans, so it's not as many as we normally have. But even so, there could be a bit of a noise there. It could react badly or it could help us out. I don't know. But um, I do feel like with with fans there and we do go down early on, it it may have an impact on our our game and potentially end up losing. Um, That's a bit of a worry. Where um, the fans are going to be sitting, so you're going to be in the south stand and also in the co-op. So it's going to be close to to Lambert and the benches. It's not like they're all... Over the north stand, and then um, you know where, of course, Matt sits in the the view too. Um, so, but yeah, you're in in the south stand and there, so they are going to be up close and personal to Lambert and the players. Um, Liam, it, it is a double-edged sword because if it goes badly, then they're going to be on. They're really going to be on Lambert's back. But if it goes well, then obviously it might be the defining factor that maybe pushes Town over the line. I think if Dobra plays I think it will be good having the fans in because even though he might frustrate and even Bennett's as well I think both of those players they try hard and sometimes just it just doesn't come off and 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 you just feel a bit sorry for them um but I think two players who really do try to do something different I think you're going to see the fans wanting to see that sort of um that sort of thing and encourage them and if they do make a mistake and get the ball away or they do run into trouble and get the ball taken off of them i can't see the fans being completely on their back i can see them encouraging them to go again and i think that can only be good um for the team going forward and i i think i'm hoping that it will be um a positive for the team and that uh, it helps us win the game on Saturday. But as, as we've said, if, if it's a bad performance and result, then I think all this talk of, um, of fans not being in the stadium is kind of saving Lambert at the moment. They'll certainly know about it after, after Saturday, if it doesn't go well. Um, I'll go over to Thomas. Cause of course we're going to segue into the Burton game on Tuesday, but I saw Brad have his hand up. So Brad continue. Yeah, on, on the Plymouth game as again, um, I just I hope that we okay Dizel coming in. I hope we stick with the same ten uh, with actually Nolan um, 
I don't know, you need Nolan in there, I suppose, for a bit of experience and sideways stuff, which we all love. Um, energy. Um, but yeah, with Dizel coming back in, I hope that they stick with that because Dobra, Dobra does get fans off their seats, if, even if they won't be allowed to be this game. Um, <laughs> Jackson will be running in behind, which you saw in the FA Cup game. You had Ollie Hawkins just standing on the halfway line and there was absolutely no threat in behind until Norwood came on. So there could be a little bit of difference to the FA Cup game. They, they might be expecting us not to turn the centre-halves towards their own goal. But if we do that, we might get a bit of joy because you've got, what, Sean Raddett, who is a bit of a cart horse, really. Um, I don't know, they're obviously <laughs> centre-half, I can't remember. So they're not the quickest at the bag. And you've got to use Jackson's pace. That's what I've been saying. Like You've got to play the player's strengths. You've got If, if Hawkins is on the pitch... Get him into positions where he can cross the ball into him. Um, if Jackson's on the pitch, maybe play a bit deeper. Then does they'll play around corner in, in, in behind to him. So, yeah, if if we approach this game like that and not just the same plan A, which should be banging the head against the door, hopefully we'll get some joy. Okay, and Thomas, finish off the the Portsmouth. I'm just going to go back to Liam's point. If if Dobra starts um, again, we'll. Fans will know by two o'clock if Dobra's starting or not, so that could also have a, a kind of edgy reaction from the fans <laughs> in the ground. Uh, yeah, just imagine Dobra doesn't start. There's no Bennett's. You've got Jackson or um, Hawkins up front. You've, you, you've got Judge on the right, for example. That we know that David hates, but thankfully he's not on the ground on Saturday, so you know he's not going to make a noise about it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. If 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 Dobra's not starting and there's one or two other players that aren't starting, the fans are there. They're going to they're going to voice their concerns early on near the fort because and it was going to have an impact before the game's even started in a way. So for Lambert's sake, you got to hope he played Dobra. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, so there we go then. Lads, thank you for joining me once again on Game Day Extra Time. Some great thoughts and rants as well, which is always good to hear from. Um, it's not just David, it was everybody. Everyone got involved. They put, <laughs> put, their, put their words in everywhere. But um, as ever, Brad, Matt, Thomas, David and Liam... And a shout-out to Sarah once again. Happy birthday to her. Um, it's been another game day extra time. Uh, thanks to everybody who has listened this week. If you want to get involved, as ever, message me at Ross Mini UK on Twitter. It'd be great to get some more voices involved. If you fancy, don't be shy. Get involved. Why not? We're, we're friendly folk on here, aren't we? We're, we're nice people. We're nice people. But yes, um, hopefully a win on, this, on Saturday against Pompey with fans returning. Fingers crossed. And we'll see who will be top of the leaderboard for game day extra time going at the end of Saturday. But anyways, I've been Producer Ross, and I'll see you in the next one. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
Archon, head to audioboom.com slash